Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to do another mini-cast of me and my cousins. This is just me again, just Peter. I'm just here to talk, to talk about something special. Close your eyes for a minute and think about when you were a kid. If you were anything like me, you built forts as a kid. You got together with your friends or your cousins and you built forts. You may have started out in your house building blanket forts. Your mom or dad or grandma or grandpa might have helped you, help you build blanket forts. You might have searched through every closet, every back room in the whole house to find those blankets. It was a comforting feeling. You would bring your sleeping bags and snacks in the in the fort and you would feel safe and maybe over time you would get a little braver and you move into the backyard you'd pitch your tent in the backyard and that would be a, a certain kind of fort of its own I did the same thing I had all sorts of forts blanket forts in the house forts in the backyard hay forts and even Forts in the forest, where we made impromptu barricades out of sticks and rocks and other things from the forest. And we even spent the night out in the forest. It was a comforting feeling. We invited the cousins over, we spent the night, and it was kind of fun to be afraid. Without the element of fear, it just wouldn't have been quite the same. I don't know what that says about building forts. But some of my best memories with my cousins are actually building forts. You know, I think each of us, in our own way, builds forts in our lives to this day. We build up our own bubbles, our own echo chambers in life to keep ourselves safe to reduce cognitive dissonance and other such things. We make sure that we are safe and nobody else can get in. And I think sometimes that's okay, but other times, maybe most of the time, the best way is to let other people in, to take down the no girls allowed sign and the no refugees welcome sign and to let people in, to tear up the moat, to send the crocodiles and the alligators back to wherever they came from, and to let as many people as you can in as possible to your fort. The more people, the merrier. I had a lot of cousins growing up and we had a great time. Just some interesting thoughts as you are enjoying your night. I usually listen to podcasts at night. I just want to tell you about another type of fort that we had when we were young. This one, my mom probably wasn't too happy about. I don't know if you grew up where it's somewhere cold, <clears throat> where it snows a lot. Back in the day, oh, I remember one year we had five feet of snow on the ground. We could sled off the top of the barn roof all the way to the ground. We could tunnel through the snow and make forts in the snow. 
But that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. I'm here to talk to you about the commodity shed and a special type of fort, the most dangerous type of fort imaginable, the cotton seed fort. Now this was an expensive commodity that we used to feed to our milk cows. It was just these tiny furry little cotton seeds. I don't even know exactly what it was. But we fed it to the cows for many years and it was super easy to tunnel through. And so me and my cousins would go in there and we would tunnel for hours after school. And looking back, it was super dangerous. I, I'm surprised it never collapsed, but we felt safe, even though we were probably in danger. There's just something about that feeling of being, you know, kind of like protected like a womb or, a, you know, just, just something about being protected and pretending the rest of the world doesn't exist. A, a ignorance is bliss sort of feeling, and it's uh, kind of beautiful at times, but at other times it's important to let as many people in as possible. That's just some thoughts I had. I'd love to hear about what your favorite sort of forts were growing up. Until next time, thank you for tuning in.